0: chad
1: hey cameron
0: what day is it it's
1: thursday
0: uh and what what, no but what imaginary holiday is it
1: i don't know
0: it's a give something away today day
1: okay what are you giving me
0: a big old fat lip
1: oh man I feel like your wife.
0: Yeah, that's topical humor. Cause I hit my wife recently. <laughs> oh
1: man, no one's gonna find that funny but me.
0: Yeah, but you, your your laughter is charming.
1: I know. I hate my laugh, it's so annoying. Really? Yeah, it's so loud and obnoxious.
0: Ah, uh, I wouldn't I okay, have you have you ever listened to Come Town? Yes. There's a guy on there. he describes his laugh as a generous laugh, and he describes himself as a generous laugher and those are not the adjectives I use. <laughs> 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 I like your laugh
1: a lot of people do i but think also people like remark on it because it is uh it's loud
0: well, it's loud, but it's also uh you you don't laugh easy. So there's a sincerity to it where it has to crush that threshold where it made Chad laugh. I suppose. So I think there's value to that.
1: I remember being in a, in the Discord group with the, all the students that Mark has for vocals, and uh, there were some new people in there once, and someone said a joke, and I started laughing. And someone was like, is that is that your fucking real laugh? And Alex, who's Mark's uh, business partner, is like, hey, Chad's laugh is like a unicorn. We do not make fun of his laugh. <laughs>
0: That's like and I was like, that's a backhanded like, insult, isn't it? Or backhanded compliment?
1: Know. Yeah, it's one of those things where like it was both a compliment, but also made me like mute my microphone for a bit. I can't control it. I laugh on an inhale.
0: Uh, so you know how like I like VR, right? Yeah. And VR can be kind of this expensive hobby because like if you want to accessorize or build on your rig, it's always like big investments. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So the smallest investment I've made to improve my VR experience: a one dollar pack of scrunchies.
1: Scrunchies, like hair scrunchies, or yeah, is this to uh, fasten something to something?
0: I'm gonna fasten the controller to the outside of my hand, so that way I can still use my fingers, and that way I can play accordion. But I'll like pantomime it in game.
1: Oh, don't don't they have like wrist straps? Because I know.
0: Not for a like, dollar.
1: <laughs> not for a dollar,
0: I suppose. Well, I mean, the, so uh, have you seen the Vive controllers? I don't know if you even realize what I'm playing with.
1: Yeah, I've, I've used Joe's. I feel like his have like straps or something.
0: Uh, no, not. I don't think. Uh, I, I, are you talking about like the wand? No. So I use these uh, caveman wands from the caveman era.
1: Oh, those are definitely not what Joe's got. He's got I, some I want- newer.
0: I want to describe to the listeners something. It's like a TV remote. Imagine holding a TV remote in your hand, like that length and that width. But also, there's a donut on the top of the thing.
1: (laughs) There is a donut.
0: Which means if you raise it up towards your face, you will hit your headset. And if you reach forward, you will hit your wall. Because you're standing far enough away, but the wand reaches. Um. So what I do is I'm gonna I'm gonna strap this around so it rests on the other side and then I can use my fingers, right? I don't know that that would work with the more like modern kind of controllers that aren't wand shaped. And I'm used to using these, so it's like I'm not gonna upgrade. I'm gonna play with these more. And so I'm experimenting with stuff and it's like, wait a minute. So I'm gonna try that.
1: That's a good idea.
0: What have you been up to this week?
1: So my uh, my coworker who's into bourbon and her husband are into bourbon is also into bourbon. I'm sorry. Um, she gave me some more samples to try. So I've been drinking a shitload this week, like more than I should. But it's been really fun because it's been a lot of new stuff. And uh, the one the one I got cracked open right now, I have not tried it yet. It is a double oaked Woodford Reserve. So they like age it and then they put it in a different barrel and age it some more. Uh, it's normally like fifty dollars for a small bottle. She gave me a good. A good stiff shot of it. Um, I'm gonna try it for the first time right now and we'll see how it tastes, okay?
0: I do like a good bourbon.
1: Ooh. That's really good. It has a fuckload of flavor, but it's really smooth. because like Some of these that I've had, like, they're really flavorful, but you're like that first kind of when it hits your lips, you're like, oh gosh, there's there's a that, that's a bourbon. There's a lot of alcohol there. This is really smooth. Oh, there's so many neat things going on. That's that's fantastic. Wish it wasn't that expensive because I probably won't ever buy it, but it's like almost got like a creamy finish. Like there's like some, I don't know. I don't want to call it like caramel or whatever, because it's probably not that, but it has almost like a sweeter, like candy-ish finish. Like it's very sweet on the end, but very, uh, very kind of dry on the front end. So it goes like through like a, a very interesting gamut of flavors as, as you drink it. Very nice. Um, but the first one I had from her was called, uh, I think Driftless Glen. It's actually made in Wisconsin. And I almost bought it because it had a really pretty bottle, and then I saw that it was made in Wisconsin, and I was like, "Ooh, Wisconsin bourbon, Wisconsin whiskey can be really hit or miss because we're not known for that." Um, she's like, oh, "I'll have that. I'll, I'll give you some samples." And uh, while she was getting me that sample, her husband's like, "What you doing?" She's like, "Oh, getting samples of bourbon for for Chad at work." And he's like, "Oh, you, you should have him try these." And so she ended up bringing me four <laughs> instead of the one.
0: That's good.
1: And uh, the Driftless Glen, though, uh, fantastic. I'm I'm super buying that next another one very smooth a lot of fun flavors you don't need to put anything in it I, i'm straight straight neat um but yeah it, it's been really fun i bought a different different brand last weekend called like 12 point because it had a deer on it and i was like oh i like deer theoretically and then my dad bought a new one he hadn't had before and then my brother bought a, a bottle of uncle Nero's, which is like some really ritzy shit like so we just have like a ton of whiskey in the house right now and it's like, I'm not even trying to be an alcoholic. It's just like, oh, well, I like all of them, so I'm going to have this one, and then I'm going to have this one next, and now I'm drunk. Cool, but calories and wake up. And actually, I haven't woken up hungover at all, but I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm playing with a fire or something, and I'm about to get, you know, eventually it's going to bite me in the ass, and it might just be, it's making me fat, but this is very good, very good bourbon.
0: That's good. I don't... I'm trying to remember, actually, I can't remember the last time I had, like, a classy bourbon.
1: It really is like a fucking, like, candy bar. Like, there is some weird sweet candy flavoring in this. I don't know what it is, and I'm really curious now.
0: That's nice, though. Oh, oh, hey, game news. Did you see that Steam announced today?
1: I saw a picture of it, and it looked like, like, a handheld controller.
0: Yeah, it's a Switch.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, but you can, like, stream stuff.
0: No, it's a computer.
1: Oh, oh, it's a computer. It's not like a...
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's literally a little computer. And there's an optional dock. So, functionally, you can treat it like a Switch. Oh, man.
1: Okay, I gotta... Oh, fuck, I might actually have to buy this, because... So, the first hit that I talked about, it's got rich notes of dark fruit caramel sharp honey chocolate marzipan and toasted oak and then the, yeah. the middle is a uh, vanilla and hazelnut and apple and then the finish is um creamy with a uh, hints of apple and I, I pretty i used some of those words to describe it so i wasn't wrong
0: no you're right it, it sounds like they really know what they're doing and it sounds like that's kind of a used sort of drink for sure oh my sure. gosh
1: very I, I i it's funny like i've been spending a bit more money on on whiskeys and stuff lately And I don't want to turn into one of those people who's like, well, I guess buying a $40 bottle of whiskey that's not very big is just normal. But when you start playing around with some of the upper shelf stuff, like you're, you're getting, you get more for it. And there's some fantastic um, cheaper bourbons. I drink them a lot. Like Buffalo Trace, awesome. Larceny, awesome. Um, Jim Bean Devil's Cut, love it. Like those are kind of my big three because of their price range. And then Wild Turkey sometimes, so that is a little less uh, smooth and a little more Wild Turkey, but like some of this stuff, like the Twelve Point or this or the Driftless Glen, like yeah, you're you're talking ten to fifteen bucks more a bottle, but you're getting a lot of neat stuff with it as far as the flavoring, and it, you feel like less of an alcoholic because you're like, no, I'm 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 drinking a sophisticated drink, like really quickly and having three of them.
0: But that is that's a good hobby, though. If, if I mean, you... I'm not complaining. Oh yeah, I mean, as long as you you handle it correctly, that's a very good hobby to have.
1: Anyways, Steam.
0: What a oh yeah, so they're doing a thing. I don't know.
1: Oh, I thought it maybe had a story or or more of an opinion that was cheap. <laughs> no,
0: I was just sw- switching tabs back here to that. So I I don't know. Did you see any of it?
1: I I just saw the the picture and like someone's like, hey, look what Steam's doing, and I just assumed it was like I guess you're gonna like stream or something. I didn't realize it was like a fully loaded, basically computer handheld.
0: Yeah, it it's a apparently it's pretty strong too.
1: I mean, it's kind of got to be, right? Because the big draw of Steam is it has everything, which includes really hard-to-play games as far as specs goes and then obviously the indie games.
0: Well, yeah, it's like, okay, it's like $400. How much does a Switch cost?
1: 250 maybe.
0: Um, No, I think it's maybe 350 three... Really? Let me click on Best Buy here. Yeah, 350
1: Oh, wow, I was really wrong.
0: So, yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like... It's fifty dollars more for something that's like twice as strong as a Switch. Which I, I I guess I'm curious to see, like, if Nintendo's like, oh, maybe we should have made a Switch Pro. Oh. Yeah. Chris, they don't care. That's not at all the same audience.
1: Also, yes.
0: I don't know. I so when they announced the Switch O L E D. O OLED, OLED? OLED? What are you supposed to say? I think it's OLED. OLED. When they announced the OLED, I think there was like unanimous hatred for it and then pre-orders like went up today and everybody's like livid that they didn't get one
1: <laughs>
0: and it's like i'm done having these conversations i i i want to say video games are my hobby and i love video games and i love thinking about design and i like playing different kinds of ones and i like watching other ones and like mm-hmm. video games really are a passion of mine mm-hmm. it's very hard finding someone to talk about video games with because no one seems to be hobbyists. They're just like entitled consumers.
1: Yeah, or you're like me who you don't give a shit anymore.
0: Right. It's like uh it's like Marvel movies. Like if you if you love cinema and you say, I want to talk about movies, and then people on the internet will go, Oh, did you watch Loki last night? It's like that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, it's not that Loki isn't good. It's that <laughs> this is an entirely different conversation.
1: I think Star Wars is the same thing, right? Like Yes. Either you, you kind of like, you know, like those are fun movies or you're so obsessed and you either love it to the point of like parody or you hate it to the point of like, how do you call yourself a fan?
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Uh, Fast and the Furious is like, it's folding in on itself where it's kind of becoming self aware of how silly it is and it has to like keep pushing the barrier, which is really great because if you go back and watch like the the first one or two, it's like. It doesn't feel like part of the franchise that it's shaped into.
1: No, they're just like low budget racing movies or like dirt, dirt bags are going to go steal radios or whatever to sell. And,
0: and now it's literally G.I. Joe. <laughs> like the, they have to stop the weather dominator on the moon. Like, well, we'll drive right there.
1: Yeah. Honestly, I love where the Fast and the Furious movies have gone. Like, I haven't really oh, watched yeah. a lot of them, but just the tone of them and how silly they are and they don't. They're just certain things they don't seem like they care about because it, it doesn't interest them as far as, like, major lore or making sense. It's just dumb, bombastic movies with really fun characters and then really expensive, fun action scenes.
0: Right. And it's like, I want to talk about The Godfather right now. Okay. um, Not Fast and the Furious. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just to bring it back to my point, but... Oh, sure. Um, that, that's, that's the problem with video games is i can't find the godfather crowd (laughs) as it were um i got into a debate on a discord and i think i'm going to stop talking on this discord because i i don't understand where any of these people are coming from um did you hear the news about the new assassin's creed nope they said it's going to be a game as a service oh no so what does that mean
1: It means they want you to play a lot of it and only that game, and there's probably going to be weird updates and payment
0: methods. Right. But what about, like, gameplay? Like, do you have any clue what that actually means for the game?
1: I assume it will play like an Assassin's Creed game.
0: So, right there, you use the operative word assume. This is all they've said about the new game. But everyone in the world is making all these assumptions that now it's going to be an MMO... Or it's gonna be like a loot based game like Destiny. Or it's gonna be exactly the same as all the other Assassin's Creed games. You just you buy episodes now. Like everyone's making these different assumptions. And sure. I got into a debate on this Discord where I'm just trying to explain, like I like I don't I don't know why they said so little, because I've seen some outrageous assumptions. And someone said, Well, they're just trying to prepare you so you're not surprised when they announce that it's different. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, now everyone has it in their head that it's an MMO. So when they announce that it's not an MMO, everyone's going to get mad that it's not what they said it was. And, it, like, this became a very cyclical conversation where they would not understand what point I was trying to make while simultaneously, like, basically proving me right by show, ah. like, asserting what their assumption was over the other person's assumption. Because right. there were multiple people in this conversation. And it's like, what is... Like, why am I wasting my time talking to people?
1: Yeah, that's a good... That's a good question. But also, like, what a weird way to announce a new game.
0: Yeah, Like, uh, the payment
1: method and nothing about the game itself. Like, holy shit, guys.
0: It's like, here's the server structure. And for login info, you'll need a Ubisoft account. Well, we'll see you next E3. Um, It's really hard to, like, care
1: about video games these days just because of some of the weird shit like that that goes on. And then, like you said, the fans, too. I don't know, like... I have games that I look at, and I'm like, that looks cool. I hope my PC can run it. I want to play Elden Ring, but I kind of don't want to talk about it with anybody except Baby, you, and Joe. Because,
0: right.
1: I. You know, the the Soulsborn fandom is fucking... I don't want to say insufferable because they're worse, but, like, I don't love the games as much as you guys do. And that should be okay. It's, I... like, they're good, though. They're fun.
0: Yeah, I like you you don't have to say this um but like i don't talk to joe about bloodborne because like the three times he's brought it up i feel like his blood pressure increased the more he talked to me
1: that sounds accurate. He really likes those games. I know and he has a and lot I, of opinions on those games. And
0: sincerely, I'm happy that he's really into those because they're very cool. That's the other part. I'm not even against them or anything. It's just that I'll say something amateurish, and he's like, ups, he's like offended that I didn't ascend to the next level of being by now.
1: Oh man! Like I know it's- his friend Matt like bought Sekiro and never got like past the second or third boss, and he's right. just like, I need. I need Matt to sit down and just fucking play like the first 2 hours of that game cuz then you'll get it. And it's like, he doesn't need to though.
0: I like uh I like bad movies, right? Yes. Um I don't necessarily have the same patience for a bad video game because they're more expensive than movies. Well, but there's once- also
1: the uh the you have to play them element, right? Like Watching a bad movie is like you're just sitting and, and eating popcorn. Playing Ooh. a bad video game is, like, frustrating.
0: You're not wrong, but also that is kind of part of the experience, right? I suppose. Because I've been playing Marvel's Avengers. And, cripes, like, the, the bugs are multiplying. Like, they need to put oh, a really? tent and fumigate the game. It's getting worse. Damn. And I'll check in on the subreddit, and the subreddit is still... Here's my concept art for what a better skin would be. Here's my concept art for Wolverine or any character that I like more than two Hawkeyes. Here's my concept art for what a a boss should be. Everyone's just posting videos of their bugs. Uh, Somebody, like some of them are hilarious too. There was one where Captain America did a combo where he threw his shield, did a spin kick, his spine snapped and twisted around three times, and now he's crawling around on all fours. And it won't stop, and he's just running at full speed on all fours. Oh wow! And he's just running around in circles while the, enemy the robots are trying to shoot at him. But Captain America's using his web crawling abilities to scurry away, and it's just hilarious because it's like this stuff keeps happening, and it keeps getting worse. Um, there was one where somebody got downed and a party member revived him, but the "you died" screen didn't go away. So he's running oh, around no. and still shooting, but there's like a countdown timer until you die. And it was like adding this stress to this boss fight where it's like, maybe they should leave this up. It was really cool. Because it's just it was a weird bug, but it timed out in a neat way where you had to finish off the boss in thirty seconds. Um and it's like uh, <laughs> I I it there's few people I can talk about this game because if I bring it up, it goes to cliche canned responses that someone on the internet already said. Oh sure. Like I don't know a single person in the world. I I even um I got Richard a copy. For my birthday, so he'd play with me. Like, that was my gift to myself. Was, Richard, you have to play this game with me. And I don't think he that's even installed it. Which, to his credit, cute. was the right thing. But, <laughs> that's how lonely I am. Aww.
1: <laughs> I love you, Cameron.
0: That's okay. Um, But it's just... Yeah, I so I love video games. But I'm such like a... What's the word? Snob? J- jackass? <laughs>
1: I don't think you're either of those things. I think you and? you know what you like or what you want out of things, and you're tailor- trying to tailor your buying and playing experience to that. I don't think that makes you a snob. It just makes you, like,
0: have standards. Like, But I'm playing Marvel's Avengers. That's not a standard.
1: <laughs> you just told me you like playing bad games,
0: though. I Okay. No, you're not wrong. It's just it's hard to... I guess it's hard for me to articulate this because... Um, like there's not really a word for a video game thespian. Correct. You know, it's, it's more like if you're really into hardcore design, then that means you're like an indie hipster that only plays earthbound clones, but pretends that they're all original. Dude, have you seen that game Y2K? No, I, I can't get over how bad the writing is. I, I am like aghast sometimes. And then like the game design is really bad. Excuse me. The art design is really good. It's not it's not an entirely bad product. It's just there's some weird moments that make me scratch my head like what is going on here? I, I can't believe they released this. I can't believe they hit print on the script. It's like, I don't know. That's just me whining,
1: I suppose. So we're 22 minutes in. Did, did we want to talk about the topic you picked out or do you want to just keep
0: rambling? Well, I mean, we're kind of on that topic now. Do you want to talk about like our taste in games?
1: Yeah, okay, so our taste in game, that's a different conversation than favorite games.
0: I Well, yes and no, but mostly yes, but kind of no.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, there's overlap.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what we we were going to do is like a top three or top five games kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, But some of the feedback you gave me, we, we have like a Monday meeting where we go over the show every week, and you were telling me how you're not comfortable putting it in a list. Yeah. And I did try to think of five games. But what I was really thinking about was specifically the way you phrased that. And it's like, yeah, it, I don't like just like giving this arbitrary IGN rank. Right. Um, So it's more like it, if I had to show someone five games that unequivocally make me happy, I feel like that says something about me.
1: Yeah, because that's once again, that's a different list than your top five. Because is your top it, five is, I think so, because my top five uh, factors in nostalgia a lot. Whereas if I was going to say five games that make me happy, I'm going to probably pick a lot more modern things because I'm that's playing funny. them now and they're making me happy now.
0: Because if I think about like the, the most high quality games, that's a different list for me. But if I'm talking about the games that make me happy or the games that are, describe my taste, that's the same thing. Hmm so again this is an interesting conversation to dissect
1: (laughs) yeah and i i mean i've had this kind of like debate with with all things right like music or movies because the the way you phrase a list depends like it's it it, it changes things like the what is the greatest thing of all time versus what is your favorite thing of all time like those are two different things because they don't have to be the same uh if i were to say here's five games that like describe my video game tastes they probably wouldn't be my five favorite video games, because my taste is pretty broad. And while like, I, I Bloodborne might not be on my top five, but I would want to mention it as a game I really like because I like it, and I think there's a lot of things it does really well that uh, I would want people to know that like, oh no, this is this is a game I would define myself with, even if it isn't one of my favorite favorite games.
0: No, I get that. I okay. So let me ask: Did you make a list?
1: um no
0: okay and what did you title your list
1: i didn't title the list because there is no list
0: so if we were to hypothetically make you a list which okay. which angle should we take for approach
1: almost like the five games that define like my gaming style okay more
0: let's do that
1: because i feel like that's going to be a slightly different set of games
0: um okay i uh, do you want to think more and i can go first sure The first one I want to talk about is Majora's Mask. Okay. I think we've talked about that a little before. Mm -hmm. And again, this is one of those subjects that I think I could fill an hour just monologuing about. But something about that world I really got lost in. I found the dungeons all engaging. I found the overworld engaging and fun to explore. I found the NPCs. Like, every single NPC has value in the game. And I've never really seen that before, especially at the time. But even like since I haven't seen that so much. Um, have you played Majora's Mask?
1: No, you've talked it up a couple of times. It is a game I would like to play. And um, I, I'm not I even sure. Is...
0: I wonder if it holds up because I think some of the elements that I found charming at the time, like the gaming technology has surpassed it. So sure. I almost wonder if you would even get anything out of it. <laughs> i but think I, so yeah we've
1: had that conversation too where like going back to early stuff and like what what inspires genres you love now and going back and like rereading old books or whatever and i think playing majora's mask would probably be something similar because i know the context of this game came out before a lot of the games i like and those developers played this as a kid were like inspired to make games like reading you know playing reading watching whatever the the kind of the cornerstone of a genre is still really valuable even if you know all the tropes already.
0: That's true. And and I do think there's value to that in Majora's Mask. Uh, the the key gimmick for the game, they, they reused a lot of assets from Ocarina of Time. But what they did to make it feel different was they put a, a timer on everything. So everything runs by whatever time it is in the game. And you live out three days. And every NPC, like, has a schedule. So, like, on the second day, you know that the innkeeper's daughter is taking a letter to a mailbox. Um, So, if, like, if you need to talk to her and it's like, oh, it's it's day two and it's morning, I'm going to run over there and grab her real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, if you learn everybody's patterns, it's like you know where to find them. But also, they're all, like, living out lives. Like, you know, the stores open and close. uh there's a couple characters that'll do something shady like there's a um there's a burglar that's like delivering stolen goods in the middle of the night so it's like you have to be around at 2:30 a.m. on this one back road just to see him and that's the only time you'll see him and it's stuff like that where you kind of stumble upon it but then you add that to your journal and it's like oh i'm going to come back and uh, oh he beat me this time i'll get him next time you know sure uh and that that whole concept was interesting because it made all the npcs feel alive and over the course of the three days the moon's getting closer because it's going to crash in and kill everyone and it's very fascinating on day one everyone's talking about how like it's total horseshit that the moon's going to crash and there's people that are just staring up going like i don't know is it closer like nah and by day three like people have left the town like they've evacuated And other people have just given up on life, and they're looking up at the moon that's closer, and they're just kind of like, you know, like, so this is how it ends, huh? Like, boy, I I didn't, I never treated my daughter right, did I? And it's depressing. Oh, the, the, the theme. uh, There's debate whether this is intentional or not, but it goes through the five stages of grief. Um, you start in the town, which represents denial. What What are the five stages? Um, The second stage is a water temple. Oh, anger. Uh, Okay, that's right. So you go to the jungle, and there's, like, plant people. And they're all about ready to go to war because they think the princess was kidnapped. And no one's listening to reason to just solve what happened. They're all just, like, really angry at each other. Uh, Part three was bargaining. That's right. They go to the mountains, and the rock people are out of food and it's, it's them all trying to cope with that where it's like, well, if we just sit around, it'll, it'll solve itself. Um, part four was <laughs> very, <laughs> that was very sad. Part four, you go to the beach and there's one of those, uh, fish people, right? Okay. And he's, he's crawling out of the ocean and he pretty much like he dies and he was on a quest to, um, to find his girlfriend's eggs that got stolen but he just he it, it, he got too many injuries and he just he dies in your arms oh man and <laughs> you um, yeah, like you have this uh, you have a song of healing that heals hurt souls but it traps them in a mask and so you literally turn him into a mask and take his body so people think that you're him so like his girlfriend is like happy that you're okay and it's kind of like oh man uh, and it, you, you work through some stuff with that and get her eggs back. And part five is acceptance. And you go to a dead city where everyone's ghosts and the city's pretty much empty because almost everyone's moved on. And there's a couple ghosts, but you help them move on and there's just nothing left in the city. And it's a very interesting idea for a town to just have it be a ghost town, I guess. Yeah and it's just there's a there's a lot of emotional <laughs> again i could talk for an hour about all the side characters but the the overarching theme was deep um the side stories have some great side stories uh it's just a it's a very special game to me and also the soundtrack i think every game on my list the soundtrack is one of the things i love about it that's fair Excuse see me that those games are always musical because you had to like play songs but also there's a lot of very interesting tunes in some of the zones um yeah just really good work i love it majora's mask
1: so i think um i think my first game on my list is going to be earth defense force 2025 which i believe i mentioned a couple weeks ago when we sort of touched on this topic now earth defense force 2025 is an imperfect game but i think everything it wants to do well it it does flawlessly
0: i like that it, description it, that's totally apt
1: it it's like playing an arcade game like you know when you were a kid you're playing like galaga or something and there's there's just like elements of that to it, it or it's it's fun there's technically a story it's not that important but it's also someone put a lot of love and attention into it whether they should have or should have not like I love, I love the tone of it because it feels like you're watching a movie on the sci-fi channel where it's bombastic and it's stupid and you're the hero, but not exactly by choice half the time. And uh, you're fighting these giant bugs and there's just lots of waves of, of enemies and the guns are mostly insane. There's like laser spears and, and you know rocket launchers that just like fully automatic, giant mechs that you can summon. Uh... Whatever the fuck the fencer has going on. And the gameplay loop is really simple. But it's really fun. And you can play with multiple people. Like, I've never played the game by myself. I have no idea if that game is any fun solo. Because to me, that game is, uh, hey, Joe, let's throw on some music and kill some fucking giant bugs and see how far we can get. And uh, there's, there's more depth to it than I feel like people maybe give it credit for. Like, levels are set up a certain way to be beaten with certain weapons or certain groups. And so, part of the fun is kind of figuring out, like, what is the best weapon setup for a particular level? And I know with, like, Earth The Force Fist 2025, like, the last level is insane. Because there's this giant spaceship, and it's basically, like, covering literally the entire sky, and it's, like, spawning enemies, and you're trying to shoot it down, but once you shoot it down so much, like, more things show up and fucking dragons start attacking you, and the dragons are dicks, and the weapon system I ended up beating that with for the first time. I was playing a the soldier and I was using two different sniper rifles. One that was kind of fast and one that was really slow but really strong. Because I knew at a certain point in that game these huge assholes would show up and I could two shot them with that slow sniper rifle. And so they would spawn and I would shoot them right away and then I would slowly reload it and hope to god they didn't kill us before and then I would shoot again and they would die. And me and Joe had this, like, like, the first half of this almost down to a pattern, and it was this puzzle element to it that certain levels really, really have because they're really hard unless you figure out the exact way to beat them. And I love... I just love the different approaches, like, that game takes to everything it's trying to do while still being very whimsical, very silly. Uh, Certain enemies, you shoot them, and they just, like, explode into blood, so, like, there's this cartoon gore going on on top of everything. Like, it... It's a lot. It's just a weird kind of cacophony of stuff. And most of it works really, really well. And it is extremely fun to play. And because there are four different classes and a bunch of different difficulty modes and different weapons don't find and unlock, like you can play it just over and over and over again. Like me and Joel probably ran through the game like four or five times and it's always really fun.
0: That's really a perfect pick for you.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, every once while I get like kinda of like, ah oh, man, we should play that again. Or I know there's a couple new ones that are coming out. We talked about the Voxel one, uh, maybe a month ago. And it I am a little tempted to like snag it and just to see if we like it, just because it's more Earth Defense Force. But even if I didn't, like we could throw the three sixty on and play twenty twenty five again. I've no problems doing that. I think twenty twenty five was a three sixty. Actually that might have been a it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say there's there's enough of a formula between them that they work
1: yeah the newest one's fun because you end up like fighting god at the end or some like giant insect equivalent to like that's their god and it it's so stupid but it's so earnest and you're like i guess we're killing god today i buy this like it's no no crazier than any of the other shit we had to blow up
0: right just have fun with it. I, mm-hmm. That have fun quality is so important in a game. I, yeah. What was that? There was a quote from Naughty Dog um, when they were working on Last of Us 2 where the director said, we don't use words like fun here. And that was like the same year that Reggie Fils-Aime said, like, if it's not fun, why bother? It's just like a dumb yeah. coincidence that they were, <laughs> they were quoted saying that the same week.
1: But it really shows the different, you know, philosophies behind studios, right? Or even platforms.
0: I want to say that was him not speaking on the studio's behalf, but on the project's behalf. Because they were intentionally telling a serious story. Right. It's just weird to insert that into the conversation of, here's a fun hobby. Laser blast, rocket launchers, serious human conflict and emotion.
1: It's just like... I understand watching a movie or reading a book that isn't fun but doing it for the other artistic qualities. With video games, I, I'm a little harder to be sold on that because of the interactive aspect and just the length. Like The Last of Us Part Two is what, like twenty hours long?
0: I don't know. That's, I don't think it's that that's long.
1: A, I think it is. It's I'm probably not sure. fifteen to twenty. And like that's a long time to not be having fun. You,
0: you know, know what it? I'm sick of? Is that studio that made limbo? Oh. Um, Limbo was charming and quaint and interesting, and it catches you off guard. And Mm -hmm. everything they've made since then was, yes, we get it. And they they announced a new one this year, and it's like they didn't. I don't think they even showed the studio. You just see like five frames of animation, and it's like, oh, it's these guys. It's a it's a boy, and he moves gently. The world around him is jagged and harsh and dark. It's like, shut up.
1: So, uh, what's, what's your next game?
0: Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn. Yay! Uh, we talked that one to death recently, so I'll be brief. But, uh, man, I love that. <laughs> That's a world I get lost in. Um, I, I think something that I really, really, really love in games is roleplay. Mm-hmm. And not RPGs, but the roleplay part. Like little details that you can do. Like when you can, uh in Deep Art Galactic, you can like get a beer afterwards. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So just, you know, I can't tell you how much time I've spent in that game, not playing, but like standing around with others and talking while I play the bard instrument. Like I'm playing a harp and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get the Hobbit theme down or I'm trying to like, Oh, how's Jurassic Park go? And I'm like playing Jurassic Park for everybody. Um, the, the social atmosphere, I think, is something that I haven't brought up before, and that's really what I want out of an MMO, and frankly, yeah. what's missing from WoW right now. I, I honestly, people are complaining about the story, but it's like, seriously, the story has not the, ever been the best. It's that mm-hmm. everything around it is gone, and all we have left is a story. So, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I like the music, too. Final Fantasy 14.
1: That was We did the whole episode on the music of that game.
0: Yeah, maybe even more than one. I, I talk a lot about that game.
1: Which is cool, because I, I like that you like it. I, I, I feel bad we never played World of Warcraft together. I feel like that was a missed opportunity, but also I would still probably be playing World of Warcraft if we did, and so maybe dodged a bullet.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> I, I have a couple friends that love WoW, and pretty much I'll log on to Discord and I'll join a voice call and they go, oh, Cameron's here, man. Did you see the new patch? And it's like, what, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? It's like, well, we were talking about a movie we saw on the weekends. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ken's here. Did you see this patch? You wouldn't believe what Sylvanas did. Oh no. Um, it's like they that's their, are hurt from the game defines their personality now. Oh
1: man. And I'm
0: getting this from more than one person. Like they, sure, <laughs> they're doing a, they're doing it bad. Um, what's next on your list?
1: So I think next on my list is um, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate.
0: Yeah! What's the theme and, song? Uh, I don't think, know. You have to sing the theme song.
1: I don't remember what it is. We I never listened to that game's music. We we put on music when we play it.
0: You don't watch the entire um, trailer when you boot it up before it didn't start? No!
1: You crazy man.
0: Theme song.
1: The, the thing with Smash Brothers is like, that game has been around... Almost my entire life. I remember when I was young, my cousins had a Nintendo Nintendo sixty four, and we would go to their house infrequently because they lived like an hour and a half away. But we would play Super Smash Brothers, and it was amazing. Like we would play that game for hours and just have a stupid amount of fun. And then we got a GameCube, and Super Smash Brothers Melee came out, and then me and my brother would play that for hours and have a stupid amount of fun. And We've been playing Smash Brothers, like I said, for pretty much our whole lives. Like, the new console comes out, we get the new Smash Brothers game, and for good or ill, we're gonna we're gonna play it. I'm choosing Ultimate not because I think it's the best Smash Brothers. I don't entirely know if I do think that. I have I have issues with mostly the lighting. Like, I get I, I lose track of my character way easier in that one than I do in any of the other games. That's fair. I, and uh, it's frustrating, but it has the most characters. It has the most levels. I think it has a lot of care and design put into the combat. But really, the big thing that it has is just the the DLC stuff coming out. Like, I never know what's coming. And, like, that's really exciting. Because when I was playing uh, Melee on the GameCube, this is before I'd go look up guides and whatnot to see who all the characters were. And so you just randomly, like, hey, a new fighter is approaching. And you're like, what? There's more? Like, I remember when we first fought Mewtwo, I was like, I don't know how we fucking unlock this guy. So we have to kill him the first time. But I was terrified because Mewtwo is the strongest Pokemon. And so I'm getting I'm getting some of that with, with Ultimate and just, hey, here's the new guy. And I'm like, oh, who the fuck is that? That's really cool. And then you play him and maybe you like him, maybe you don't. But it's like this continued tradition that me and Joe just do. Like on Fridays, we play Smash Brothers. And I'm not going to like say I'm good at the game. I'm probably better than some people, but I'm honestly kind of crap at it. But it's always really fun. And it's, I don't have like a main character. I just pick whoever. Like I cycle through basically all of them. I never play like one character more than once a night.
0: I like Piranha Plant.
1: Piranha Plant's cool. I'm probably best with Yoshi, but you know, I might start with Yoshi and then I'm going to move on to Pikachu and then I'm going to grab like Palatina or something who I'm not good with, but I like some of her moves and so I'm going to fucking use them. They'll jump to Kirby and I'm like, Joe, I'm going to use the hammer. Like that's literally the only attack I will use this game is this fucking hammer. And it, it means a lot to me, like, that series. And so the fact that there's still new ones coming out, and, like, the newest one is the biggest one and the most bombastic one, but still retains, I think, what makes Smash Brothers Smash Brothers. Uh, yeah, it means a lot. And then it's just, like, the fact that I can still sit down on the couch with my brother all after the, all these years and play video games with him.
0: That's a really good pick. Sorry, you done? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to sing the, the lyrics to Smash Brothers' song. Smash Brothers! Smash Brothers! Yeah! Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, it's stuck in my thumb. There it goes. <laughs> I have to practice it more because I'm not good. But it's fun uh, to play.
1: You know, that's all that's important.
0: Oh... Uh, What do I pick next? I'm sorry, what was this list again? Was it our favorites?
1: No, it was, like, games that kind of define what we like.
0: So I want to move on to uh, platformers. Okay. And I was thinking about this a lot because I love mascot platformers. Yeah. I I think I love Banjo-Kazooie and Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff. And I think I like those games more. But really the best one that that encompasses what I like about platformers is Mario 64. It Um, is like the quintessential one. Yeah, they, they literally, they've talked about this many times. But their process was they gave Mario abilities that were fun to use and then built around how fun it was to do things. So it wasn't like, oh, there should be a cliff and you have to climb it. It's more like, oh, what if we could jump off walls and they, like, figure out what looks good or what feels good after the fact. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Mario can do this. Okay, cool. Let's make a playground for Mario. So every world, like, it has challenges and stuff in it. But it's kind of got this openness that you're free to kind of run around and explore in it. And you learn as you go along how to do the more tricky stuff. And it's just done perfectly. But also... Again, the music. <laughs> like I've heard people's cell phones are like different Mario 64 levels and it just puts me there. Yeah. Um someone sent me it was really bizarre. They sent me a picture of an obscure corner in Dry Dry Dock. Dry, dry Dry Docks where all you see is some rock and then the water. But the colors immediately triggered it and I could hear the music in my head. Nice. And it was like, he, he, and he was like, hey, would this be good phone wallpaper? And it's like, yeah, I can hear the music in my head. And he's like, what music? And then they'll like send him a YouTube video. I was like, no, it's this level, right? And he's like, oh, how did you know that? Because he just saw this and thought it was a cool abstract picture. And it's like, I have problems. I'm playing Mario now.
1: Yeah, I, Mar- uh, that game is great. I have the DS version uh, and I've played the 64 version. And I don't know. There's something so comfy about it. Like, I. I I just like know so much of it still, even though I haven't touched it in, in many, many years. Oh, I, but
0: so I, I think I told this story before, but Richard never played it before. I don't oh, think he, Richard. I don't think he, yeah, I don't think he had a sixty four. Oh. Um he was growing up on Resident Evil while I was playing with the other children. hmm And uh he <laughs> I forget what happened. I think this came out on like the Wii. They did like Mario sixty four on the eShop or something. And I remember like he said, hey, I never played this. I finally got it. I was like, oh, cool. And so I came over and he just gave me the control. I was like, here, show me how it goes. I'm like, okay. And I literally, I beat it in one sitting. Oh, wow. Like I got, <laughs> what do you need? Like 70 stars to get to the, the, the final Bowser? I think so. Um, It was one afternoon where I am like plowing through it. And I'm, I'm like skipping ahead a bit. I'm like, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do this star. I'm going to jump over here and get this later star. Like not speed run stats, but just like literally just like he's like no 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 i'm gonna circumvent this whole thing here um and i think he was like i i think he thought it would be funny to see how far i could get but i don't know that he thought i would literally speed run the whole thing sure um that was that was a fun afternoon
1: so i guess on the topic of platformers um i'll bring up Conqueror's Bad for a day uh yeah boy Partly, it de- okay, I would say it partly defines my gaming habits in that it is my favorite video game. and has been since I, like, played it when I was way too fucking young to be playing that game. Because uh, it is a platformer, very raunchy, very stupid. It's... The thing that, like, really kind of I find charming and amazing about it now, like, looking back on it, is that there's a ton of variety to it. You're never really doing the same thing twice. You're, the, you're yeah. not going to the same level twice. Like, the, you know, at one point you're going to be hitting a piece of cheese with a frying pan so you can feed it to a mouse who will then explode because he had to fart. And then a couple hours later, you're storming Normandy with a bunch of squirrels to shoot Nazi teddy bears. And it's completely different gameplay because you're you're now shooting. You have guns. Uh, there's a horror element or a section where you have to go fight zombies and then you get captured by a vampire and literally turn into a bat. You have to fly around and like shit on the villagers, pick them up and then drop them into this meat grinder to feed your vampire overlord. And nothing nothing's ever really the same except a couple parts which are the same on purpose for jokes. Like the 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 beehive that constantly gets stolen and every time you go get get it, you have to hop in and now it's a turret. It's all these guns come out of it and you're shooting bees that are trying to you know, steal the hive again, and it's so. Like, I still like the humor because it's dumb and filthy, and I. At the end of the day, dumb and filthy. But what I really respect about that game is just every weird idea they had. They're like, no, we could put this in here. It fits, and it does. Like, the the gimmick of it is you 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 step on these little things with the B because the 64, the A and B button. Press the B, context sensitive. Oh, you're here now. You now you get this power, or now you get this item and that's established really early as a thing and so from like a story perspective it's just all of this makes sense and uh i think it's a, a really brilliant little game the visually it still i think it still holds up like there's it looks really nice it's really stylized the music's really good the voice acting is fantastic there's a lot and, of
0: voice work in that game
1: yeah that was one of the big kind of things about it is like they managed to fit all that stuff on a cart the multiplayer was also really fun because there was just weird different shit, different war games you could play. There was a racing game. You could control a tank and just shoot each other with tanks, which were also in the game. Like, there was a point where uh, these cavemen guys, like, hit you over the head and steal your money, and you have to get on a hoverboard and, and race them. And then as you get near them, you hit them with your frying pan, and they crash, and you get your money back. Like, it's just such a a weird cartoon And they don't really make them like that anymore, and I wish they did. But uh, I still like games with lots of variety. Like, I want to be doing something kind of different. Like, I I bring up Darksiders a lot Is like, my favorite Zelda game. Uh, Partly to troll people, but also because it is a dungeon crawler where you get a new weapon and you use it to fight the boss. Like, it has that Zelda formula. But between that, there's a lot of weird stuff. Like, there's a Panzer Dragoon segment where you're just flying around on, like, a griffin and shooting at demons. There's a third person shooter section where you kill a big demon who drops a gun and you pick it up and it's like this big minigun and you're war and you're going around fucking people up with it. And the between stuff from getting to level to level, like there's a lot of very interesting gameplay stuff elements in that game that a lot of those kind of games don't have and it. It shamelessly steals from better games, but I think it does it in a way that elevates it more to more than the sum of its parts.
0: Yeah, I think people remember that game for the laughter. And there's one part where there's a poo and he sings. Yes. But the reality is it's a very well-made game. That's a, that's a rare that I miss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned recently I was playing Sea of Thieves. And it's interesting because it opens with that rare logo. And I get this feeling where it's like, oh, I haven't been happy to see that logo in years. Like, this game is the first time I've been happy (laughs) since like Banjo 2e. We're
1: at uh, 54 minutes. Do we each want to do one more game?
0: Uh, okay. So, I could go real quick. Um, I think I mentioned before, but another one on my list would be Metal Gear Rising.
1: Oh, Revengeance, the the Revengeance.
0: Yeah. Uh, man, I love that game. (laughs) It's, uh, the the action is so rewarding um it's so responsive like the controls are they they do what you want them to do it's uh it's just a very good game i love the soundtrack i love the humor that's mixed in it doesn't take itself too seriously despite the metal gear universe set in or it's set in that's not right um i mean i i don't know how much i really want to say but i i think there's a there's a special feeling you get you know when you like butt your head against a boss for a long time and then you finally figure it out and overcome it and it wasn't just a fluke it's like no i get it now and you prove you're superior you know yeah that, that i had that feeling more than once um where it'll it'll actually kind of challenge you not in a dark souls way where it's like you have to learn the pattern it's like no you have to you have to get better at reflexes like, you have to pay attention a lot better. It's not understanding what this guy can do. It's it's literally about, like, no, you have to just push the buttons better. Sure. Um, it, <laughs> <laughs> I got to play that game again soon. I am really in the mood for it. I, I thought we'd get, like, an HD one by now, but Konami's making weird decisions, so I don't think that's going to happen anymore.
1: Probably not. Konami's been making weird decisions for a while, though.
0: It's on Steam, though, right? Yes, I might. I might even rebuy it. I don't want to hook up the 360. Huh. I might get yeah, it, it on was the on sale every once in a while. Oh yeah, yeah I just I, if I, if it's on my wish list and it's an old game, it'll be like five dollars. So yeah, yeah, I'll I'll play that on my uh, on my Switch Pro, whatever. I, what's that Steam thing even called? The Steam Switch.
1: I don't know. I call it Steam Switch. Why not?
0: You're you got one more to share. Yeah, I, I'm good not sure one, which one
1: to pick i have i was torn between halo 4 and bloodborne
0: oh well we we did talk a little bit about bloodborne yeah so so let's continue the conversation
1: just to touch on it real quick the things that i really (laughs) like about bloodborne are less about like the the really difficult gameplay try hard stuff i actually don't like that part about that game at all but it's wonderfully atmospheric i love the style of everything just the the weapons the costumes the levels the eldritch horror stuff, you know, Lovecraftian elements. I love how deliberately designed everything is. Like it is a fantastically made game. And I feel like there's like these horror elements to it that because it's so hard, you're kind of like a little nervous to go around the corner sometimes because that next monster might just hit you once and you will die. And it's, it's a more effective horror game in some ways than like a lot of horror games. I think that's really cool.
0: I, I agree. Totally.
1: But, what I like about Halo 4, and I, I like shooters, I, and I don't know if Halo 4 is my favorite shooter, but it, it's one where I have, again, a huge attachment to the franchise, been playing at Halo games for a very long time. The multiplayer is super fun. I like the lore and the, and the Master Chief and Cortana and all that stuff that makes Halo, Halo. I think 4, the single player anyways, does a lot for me. I think it is some of the best level design in the Halo franchise, like, maybe with the exception of Reach. Like, every level could be the last level in a, in a worse game. Like, they're just so bombastic, and there's a lot of really neat variety, and you don't feel like you're beholden to the power weapons you get. Like, they give them to you because they know you should use them right away, and you know you should use them right away, so you can just have fun and blow big things up. Vehicle stuff's really cool. I actually like a lot of the story elements in that game, but it is another one where... When I think about Halo, I think about multiplayer. I think about listening to Disturbed or uh, Drowning Pool or something, right? Playing with my brother. We're sitting on the couch. And that was, like, the last big Halo hurrah we got to do that. And I miss that. But it, it is... It's a shooter, but there's still, like, this big social element. There's this sitting down like kids and just having a good time and playing till it's late at night. But it's also a little more mature because it's dealing with certain themes of, of, of war and... and, and the monsters trying to destroy the galaxy and whatnot. Eh, maybe it's not that grown up. It's kind of stupid, but it's fun. It's sci-fi. Like there's just, it, there's a lot of Halo 4. I really like as far as like, it's a really exceptionally well-rounded shooter that does things I wish shooters would do. And it's probably just like an easy example to be like, Oh, what do I want out of a shooter? That one.
0: I think that's actually the best way to put that. Um, <laughs> it's a uh, Halo has a special crown, doesn't it? Yeah. I I think Call of Duty kind of has its own crown, and then there's Halo, mm-hmm. and I want to say, um, I, I want to say I lean more towards Halo, even though I haven't really enjoyed them, you know in recent years, yeah. But my heart goes there.
1: It is. It's once again. There's something kind of comfortable about like sliding into Master Chief's helmet, or the Arbiter, or whatever character you decided to make for online, and just being a Spartan. And the way like the Forge worlds look, you know, there's the that quality to them. There's or a, finding like the good kill boxes, the kill rooms, and just you know camping there or whatever. Like the it's I don't know. There's something about the gameplay that is just very specifically Halo.
0: Yeah, there's a great gun feel. Um, yeah, there's guns that it's like when I get it, it's like okay, no, I I know what I'm doing. I love playing SWAT and using the pistol, and I got really good at just like quick aiming with the pistol. And it's just, there's a special feeling of, like, spawn into a game, headshot, headshot, run around, headshot, triple kill. Or just like, okay, yeah, I love this gun.
1: I think the vehicles always feel really cool, too. Like oh, they're yeah. great to drive, they no, look too. cool. Um, I don't, Yeah, just like getting into a ghost and running people over, like, there's just something so fulfilling to that, that a lot of games don't do, or try to, but don't quite hit. But yeah, I would say though those are that's a, a pretty good run of like what I'm looking for in video games is is sort of those things. Bonus points if you can do more than one.
0: Yeah, I I, I think um you picked a very you list. I feel good about my list. But every <laughs> everything you mentioned was like oh that is a Chad thing.
1: One of these days I'll finish Doom Eternal.
0: Yeah, Doom Eternal is pretty good. I I um. From everything I've seen, I think I prefer the last Doom more. But mm-hmm. I think what I really appreciate is the fact that they're different. Yeah, and not just oh that was a success, do it again. Because I'm a little yeah, tired of I that agree. too. <clears throat> nice. Thank you. Well, should yeah, we wrap yeah. up then?
1: Yeah. you Glad about anything.
0: Um. I actually I am. Uh. So my hero Andrew Heaton just released a poetry book. Oh really? And it came in the mail today
1: doesn't strike me as a poet
0: uh well it's it's new to him but he has been referring to himself as a poet laureate and Uh right now on amazon it's the top selling poetry book because it just came out so that's just how it works uh it's called los angeles is hideous poems about an ugly city (laughs) because he has so many negative emotions (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the memories and interactions and experiences in his stay in L.A. Um, it, now, for context, uh, he moved to L.A. to kickstart his career and start networking March of 2020. Oh. Yeah. So he, he picked the worst possible time to try. Yeah. Um, but there's also some other realities that aren't COVID related. Um, So if you would, I'd like to read one of his poems. Okay. This one is called Congratulations for Putting Letters on a Hill. Excuse me. Note her landmark, a bunch of letters on a mound, as if some dyslexic deity tried to claim it for himself, lest other trash gods stick it first. Spelt out atop Mount Lee, named for a dead car dealer, it first read Hollywood Land to advertise segregated housing. But now, simpler Hollywood to advertise hope and come. For a while, it said Hollywood land when its caretaker got shit faced and drove off a cliff with the H. Ah! Then, a stretch of time as Hollywood as it splintered and wrought, the road sign of Dorian Gray. Credit Hugh Hefner for its restoration. Rich through Playboy magazine, meaning the famous ivory letters are ultimately born on the nips of countless forgotten tits, like the slaves who built the pyramids. Damn, I I love Andrew Heaton <laughs> so much, and I really hate LA, so it's like, What two things that I think are coming together? It's all wow. Um, so yeah, I like,
1: I like Andrew Heaton, he's pretty fun.
0: Yeah, so you can find this at laisugly.com. 'Cause that's easier to spell. Sure. And you can also find it on my coffee table book. Yay. Table. On my coffee table. You can find it on, I'm sorry, I started drinking before the show. And then during the show. So it's coming up coming apart. I'm coming undone. What's your glad space?
1: Um I had a, had a vocal lesson today with my uh with Mark.
0: Oh teacher. good. It's been a little while, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's been a couple of months. He he's kinda hard to get a hold of. He he got he's gotten very popular and I refuse to buy like three or four lessons at a time to schedule them. And so it's sort of like, hey, when you can work me in, we should do that. And uh, he's he's pretty good about working around that. And just because I can't really afford right now, I don't want to buy hundreds of dollars worth of lessons. But um, the lesson itself was fine. We went over some uh, interesting fundamental stuff about uh, proper support, which we've done before, but we really went hard into this. And it turns out like, I was doing some things kind of wrong as far as posture goes and just like fixing that a bit and then, uh, squeezing and, and you know, activating some uh, other muscles in my, in my bowels and yeah, screaming from the bowels. Right. Uh, really, really adds a lot. And so like the last thing I did, I was like, holy shit, I didn't realize that that was going to be that loud. And so that was fun. But that's
0: cool though. <laughs>
1: I, I sent him uh one of the songs I've been working on that I'm almost done mixing and he thought it was really cool and and he's like you really you should be proud of this this is this is a good piece of music or whatever and that was nice to hear because he's in a band and I respect him as an artist and a singer-songwriter so had a had a good good day there
0: Well that is good. I liked um I liked how your latest song was mixing out.
1: Yeah, I made I made some changes today based on feedback from Matt and then just my own ears going okay. There's still some stuff I quite I need to fix, but find fairly minute. So I think it's done. I have to test it on my car speakers and I have to test it through some Apple earbuds.
0: It's fun though. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're still like dedicated to these projects you start. Me too. Because um, uh, it's it's really neat to see the fruits of labor like come to fruition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't. I don't have anything insightful to add. Oh. That's okay. We
1: don't have. We I mean, We could stop there. But yeah, it's, uh, I. I don't know what I would do with myself if I didn't have like six projects going on at any given time to bounce between. I guess I would probably watch more TV or play video games. But it's like, no, I. I I'm. I'm good.
0: I. am literally after the show. I'm gonna log into to VR chat and then sit alone somewhere. So you're doing the right choice. I suppose. Um. Oh, it, you, you like the mini golf, right? Yeah. They made a new mini golf course.
1: Ooh, we should play that this weekend.
0: Yeah, eighteen new holes this Sunday. Be there.
1: Nice. Hopefully, Alex could get his shit fixed because I think he hasn't yet.
0: Oh yeah, do do we know what the issue with that is?
1: I think the cable that hooks his quest to his computer isn't working. Oh, it's like it doesn't find it.
0: That's a shame.
1: Which sucks. I think that's like a hundred dollar cable.
0: Yeah, but it, it he didn't get it that long ago. There might be a warranty on it. Yeah. I don't know. Hope him the best.
1: Me too. Miss hanging with him. But I think that's it, everybody. So I hope y'all have a good day, or good evening, good morning, good kill your boss and bury him in the backyard.
0: And since we're an audio audio podcast, there's no witnesses.
1: Exactly, we don't know. Listen to us while you commit crimes.
0: Implicitly, (laughs) bad crimes. Only
1: the good crimes.
0: What's that phrase? Which um, one? Yabba-dabba-doo.
1: Yabba-dabba-doo.